This is Business Fever NG Podcast, episode 60. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. Hi guys, welcome to the show again. Um, Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. I guess this can be like a podcast about the books that I have probably like impacted me a lot or have given me enough for to like you know maybe desire to learn more and things that have i'm things i try to implement in my business some of these books i haven't really actually i've read all these books like i haven't i've read most of these books but i've I've studied the topics they have covered um i think the first one i've mentioned even here on the podcast is called e-myth um it's a beautiful book to me, the summary was it breaks things down to, into like three sections. You have the technician, you have the manager, and you have the entrepreneur. And in a nutshell, what they're saying is um, most of us have a talent and it's a skill that we have. Talent or skill, I mean, that's the same thing. And so let's say you know how to bake very well. Gee, that means you're a technician, you know how to do something very well. So you quit your job and you go into baking, you know, doing it from your house and all that. And then obviously sales is coming in, you're getting more demand, you can't meet up with the demand. Um, you know, just you're getting stretched thin. So what do you do? You hire somebody. And then you hire somebody to teach them what it is that you're doing. So that way you're now moving from a technician to a manager. You know, um, you're teaching the staff, you know, the skills and recipes and all that. And then again, you know, things are picking up. Um, you have more sales, you know, now you have to factor in delivery if you're in Nigeria, uh, or if you're anywhere actually in the world, but more deliveries. You have customer issues now, customers are, you know, some, some orders have been delayed, customers are angry. So you have more people. So now it's one initially, now you have two people. I mean, you had a, now you be, no, now you become a manager. Now you have maybe like two, three bakers, one customer service person and one person doing deliveries. So now you have four employees. Now, those employees have their own challenges. You know, they have their own shortcomings. They have their own knowledge gaps. So you're now going to be a manager where you now have processes in place. You know, you set up a um, process of how to take orders, process of how to go to market and buy things, process of how to, you know, make the orders, you know, the SOPs and things like that. So um, from then on, now you have, let's say, five technicians working for you doing the, the grunt work. You have maybe a supervisor or maybe a manager making sure guys are, are work on time, guys are not messing things up and things like that, and taking orders, you know, very fine payments, scheduling deliveries and all that. And then you move to the the, the, the next step when the business owner is now the entrepreneur. Now you have a team who's doing the operations for you. Now you're thinking about how to scale up, you know, how to go into different markets or how to bring new products into the business, you know, how to um make sure that the, the border closing that or maybe the guys who are supplying you your fresh butter you know um if they got a business you have other options so in a nutshell there are three stages and the challenge that most people have is we know how to do something very well but we think that's all we're going to do for the rest of our lives you know because i know how to bake doesn't mean i'll be baking for the rest of my life i mean when my business picks up i have to become something else I have to become a manager at the first stage and I have to become an uh, entrepreneur at the last stage. So 
what they've said is like there's a gap between the, the, the knowledge gaps that we have to, um, the knowledge gaps that we need to fill to move on to that next stage. And most folks don't like to do that because they don't know how to or because they don't, they, like they let, they quit their job to do what they enjoy doing. But what you enjoy doing requires you to become a manager, become an entrepreneur and hire people. And that's where the challenges comes in. So it's a beautiful book. Um, the only thing I will say to that is maybe you can be a technician for the rest of your life, but you almost have to hire somebody who, who would manage you or manage the business and you have to hire an entrepreneur as well, um, which means you have to kind of start reporting to them, which doesn't make sense if you quit your job to be your own boss. You know, um, obviously you can have partners where one partner is focused on just the creative thing, being a technician, other partners focus on the other aspect of business. Maybe you can do that as well, but anyway, it's E-Myth, I think it's by Michael Gerber, Michael E. Gerber. It's actually called E-Myth Revisited. The other book is Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, so um, Blue Ocean Strategy is a book by, it's a book by um, W. Chan Kim and Renee well, Ma, Ma Boyne, can't pronounce it, but it's M-A-U-B-O-R-G-N-E. Um, again, this book, what it, what it, I've, I've read different things, I've read different books, I've listened to different podcasts, and ultimately it's about streamlining, you know, it's about focusing as well too, you know, um, so Again, it's called Blue Ocean Strategy. And then, so there are two parts. Blue Ocean is Red red Ocean. Blue Ocean is probably just clear waters where there's nobody else in there. Red Ocean is why there's a lot of competition in there. So you can imagine like um, pure water, Coke, um, soft drinks. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that have a high, their markets are very highly competitive. And that's a red ocean. And then the new markets that no one has really tapped into that you can tap into it. So from my own um, experience, six, seven years ago, maybe eight, seven years ago when we were starting off the burger joint, they didn't have a lot of burger places in Lagos. You know, so you could easily, you could easily have been the person, the ones in the blue ocean. You know, most people were doing the continental or the jollof fries, fried rice, uh, moi moi and all that. And that was highly competitive because, again, that's the norm. So when you do things that are not, it's like the road less traveled as well. That's the idea of the Blue Ocean strategy. But there, there are four things that you really have to factor in in, in implementing a Blue Ocean strategy to your restaurant, to your business. Um, the question you're asking yourself is what standards are you going to raise? Like what are the things you want to raise? Meaning what do you want to do better than the other person? So... At my restaurant, I focus on customer service. I focus on um, a level of speed because we want to be fast. Um, and I think we branding as well too. So those are things we want to raise, meaning above the next person. So even if you're, you're in a market that's a bit competitive, you can still stand out. And you have to know what areas you want to stand out. Like I can't, I can't beat a restaurant based on variety. You know, for example, like, you know, I can't. You know, which is why we stream that our menu as well. So if I'm only ordering doing burgers and barbecue, then those are two items that those are two menu items that I just have to fo- I can focus on and be better at them. 
you know, the idea is not to do too many, just do a little and do it very well. So what are we raising? Customer service. You know, we have graduates in front of house. You know, um, we're always trying to make sure customers have the best possible uh, experience with us. And if they don't, we're going to go out of our way to try to fix it. So raise. Um, other one is create. What do you want to do? The way I'm, this is how I'm interpreting this, by the way. So all in all, I think, um, like I said, with this podcast, I'm, my goal is to add a show a different way of plant a seed. And then it's for you to, you know, be interested enough to do more research. So the next option is create. What do we want to do differently from the next person? Like what markets you want to create? So, um, I mean, I can almost say well, it was probably the first restaurant who just focused on barbecue and, um, what's it called? And burgers. And then we put pork ribs on the menu like steady. You know, um, you know, Nigerians were like, oh, we don't do pork or what will happen to Muslim, half the Nigerian population of Muslims, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, those who are okay with eating pork ribs will come order from us. And those who don't like pork ribs won't come order from us. And those who don't like a restaurant that serves pork, then maybe won't come to us then, you know. But again, um, even not having jello fries on the menu, not having fried rice on the menu, you know, uh, we created like a unique. So in the beginning, we had, we, all, we were offering two sides. We had wedges, you know, we had rice, you know, uh, craving stir fried rice, more like Chinese inspired. So the idea is like creating something new and owning the market. I think uh, example I can uh, comes up to mind easily is the Cronaut. Now nah, even screw that. Let's look at Apple iPhones when it came out. They came out with a, you know, touchscreen, music, you know, pictures and all that in one phone that was better than ever the person. So they they they, they created a whole new market. You know, um, I think that's what the creative aspect is for the blue ocean strategy. Reducing is the next one. What do you want to reduce? What do you want to take out? You know, last one is eliminate. I think um, what we wanted to, um, okay, let me jump back to create. <laughs> so for the create, the things that I guess would be like unique menu items that people can really copy and maybe you're forced to market. But the thing about the create option is because I've, I've brought in unique items to the menu and it wasn't received very well. And what happens is you just take it off, but it's a, it's a trial and error kind of thing. You know, um, we had, we have a burger right now on the menu called Yolo Burger that has ham, uh, pepperoni, um, crab meat. It has prawns as well. And it has beef and cheese. I don't know if there's any burger in Lagos that has all that. Um, we've done some that has strawberry jam, oxtail, um, um, I think cheddar cheese, mozzarella cheese. You know, again, that's called Nina Burger, right? Nobody has done a burger that I'm aware of that has jam and oxtail inside. You know, we've done, we have one called Superfly that has uh, shrimps and cheese inside the beef patty. So we're creating new things that we can own. You know, it's almost like trying to be first to market on something. So that's creating aspect. Um, reducing for us, what I have marked here would be, um, so reducing could be, what do you want to become more efficient? What do you want to take out? So we don't have power supply, so we're constantly in a gen. And we've, we've run, um, we've gone through petrol gens to diesel gens, and then obviously you have issues with maintenance. 
and then you talk about okay let me run my diesel gen in the morning and then maybe take a two-hour break and then run my petrol gen in between you know stuff like that you know um so one of my notes one of these ones focused to reduce was the 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 um our power usage you know so that way we can run you know not burn too much fuel or not run with a big gen all the time so we don't have any acs for example um we have these freezers we don't have a microwave we have nothing that kind of generates heat so that reduction in, in power in use of energy i think saves us money at the end of the day you know um i've also fought to reduce any inventory that has not been portioned so we had a situation where we'll buy sweet potatoes in kilos and based on our selling size we realized that maybe 20 30 kilos was lost at the end of the week and we're like what the hell is that all that going to so what we did was everything that comes into, into the restaurant we try to portion them and we put them into the system as portion so again in the blue ocean strategy we've talked about reduce we wanted to reduce unportioned items in the menu um we also wanted to reduce inconsistency in cooking you know we want to reduce the amount of customer complaints you know um usually what happens is when customers give us like a specific order so they want like a, a burger that has onions inside then i tell you they don't want the onions inside and my guys in the kitchen are just going as you know they're just flowing they would do it because they're used to doing the burger with onions inside and then when the order is packed up, given to the front of house, front of house girls are not going to be checking to see if there's onions inside, you know. So they're going to assume that it's done. We've had to we've had to replace orders because of onions. <laughs> we've had to replace orders because of lettuce. It doesn't make any sense, you know. But again, customer is usually right. So if customer says, "I don't want to have lettuce in my burger or no onions," let's not put it in or let's not put cheese inside, you know. So we focus on reducing customer um like just not making orders correctly um even gas issues so we have grid griddles we have gas sometimes employees have the gas on too high for small items that ends up affecting our cost of goods sold because our gas prices is going to go up you know um pork cooking where they're peeling up potatoes taking more skin out when they're cleaning up the pork ribs, they're taking more f- flesh out. You know, things like that. Even when we're grilling our chicken and they overcook it, it shrinks. Like, it loses a lot of uh, water weight and then size as well. So I tell them, like, no, we're going to do things right. Because if you do things right, then you don't, have to, you don't have to compensate for it at the end of the day. Or you don't have to try to fix it. So we try to reduce all these inefficiencies in our system. Um, eliminate is what we want to just take out completely. So I have taken out rice from the menu but i put it back because people complained and i thought it was not really a big deal but ideally it takes up so much of our time to make our rice and if you don't sell the rice we're wasting the rice but chips freezer to the oil serve the customers and it doesn't require much energy to fry chips but to make our rice requires a lot of stages and steps you know um cook the rice pub all the rice um smoke it for like an hour take it out let it cool off and then prep the vegetables order comes in the stir frying the rice and all that and just that whole headache is like it requires one extra person to be working you know um so it's stuff like that is looking at what you can take out you know we had wedges for example put to the wedges that we took out the menu because 
it just wasn't working right. You know, um, not that it wasn't working right. Like out of the orders, most of the sales we had from um, from the side, that was the least moving item. So you take it off. You know, why keep it on? You know, if if out of ten orders you have eight fries, not well, just make your fries. And if you look at the fast food restaurants in the world, they have this one side. I mean, they might have other like you know, majority of them have fries. So most customers are okay with fries for the kind of food we're offering. Why can't you just stick to that? It eliminates a lot of back end challenges. You know, um, I wanted to in my own case too. We're trying to uh, in my own case too. We're trying to eliminate purchases from supermarkets. You'd be surprised how much you when you buy from a supermarket. You're buying at retail, which means they're making their money up. So there's no savings in that item, and by default we're going to a spa and shop right constantly to like pick up things even airbanon and pick up things we forgot to buy so those are things that i think that we had to eliminate um obviously we're not um we're not perfect with it but we're aware that we have to elim- eliminate these things um sometimes suppliers as well too we just got a recent supply of sweet potato fries and about maybe like 15 20 kilos were though were spot the next day you know, which means they were probably spoiling as a supply to us, you know, so that we complain and say we don't want this because, again, that's losing money. So the idea, again, of Blue Ocean strategy, I didn't read the book, I just read the notes. Um, It's about how do you differentiate yourself from the next person and what do you want to focus on and just, like, fine-tune to get better with it. So, again, there are four things you need to ask yourself. What do you want to raise? in your business what do you want to create in your business um meaning to make to be different from the next person what do you want to reduce and what do you want to eliminate we erase customer service we reduce wastages in our business we've eliminated some items that were not moving um you know we've okay so even my ambience for example right you could say we reduced customer comfort you know if you can call it that my chairs are okay. Um, ambience is the outdoor setting for the most part. We've reduced that, you know, and I think in, in a previous podcast, I was saying that we probably would have saved nothing less than like a meal, maybe like two million a year from not having ACs, from not having ACs, like two M a year. Now, what's the math? Maybe we have like five, four ACs in the season area at let's say 150,000 a each. Let's call that 600,000 era only. You're going to replace them and fix things. So let's say another twenty thousand dollars to fix that's eight hundred thousand there. Now the impact in your gen, you know, um, because now you have to run the big gen, more diesel, all that entire day, it adds up. Plus we have to close the entire space up. In fact, it'd be more than two M. So, you know, again, can I in fact, another way someone said it was if you have like a hot dog stand and that's all you're selling. What are the most important things you have to have to sell these hot dogs? Bread, hot dog, and a grill. That's it. Everything else is fluff. So, Blossom strategy is focusing on what you need, 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 need to do. Nothing else. And then do that excellently. That's Blossom strategy. Um, The next book is... Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill. So this book I read maybe 2010. No, no, 2011, 2012. What it did for me was um, it empowered me. It made me realize that I had all the power and, and I need to own my mistakes. And um, 
it also gave me the desire. It, it, it told me that I had to, I had to study more. I had to become a learner. I think before then, so it, it, I read book at the right time as well. I had lost my first business. I did, yeah, I just lost my first business then. Um, and I was, it was a very downtime, down time for me. And, um, I was, I wanted to understand, you know, why I wasn't successful the way I thought I should be successful and why I failed. Why did I lose my business? Why didn't I see things coming? You know, and I think prior to that, I was very confident, you know, um, that's probably the right word to use. Stubborn or foolish, whatever you want to call it. I was just, I thought I knew a lot, but I didn't and I still don't. So, I, um, the book, Touched on different things, stories about his son. His son was deaf and they, they treated him normally. And his son, his son lived a very normal life. You know, how he interviewed different business owners, uh, you know. So it's just lifestyle. It, it helps you. It rewires things for you. I, for me, it did. And um, some of the things I take away from that is there's a chapter called Masterminds. And I don't have any. I, I've tried to get a mentor here, which didn't work out. That's another story. But I don't have no, I don't have any actual mentors. And the, the book kind of said it in a way that you don't have to have people you can contact to learn from them. That you can read their books and then you have their voice in your head because you know how to process things. So now I have a lot of mentors in my head of people, like people that have read their books. And I know how they, th- I have an idea of how they will respond to things. So if I'm going through like a, a challenge right now, I can, you know, I have that voice in my head from different authors that were like, oh, snap, this is what this person would do. This is what this person would do. So um, that's a very good book to read, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Steve Jobs, I read his book. Even without reading his book, just interviews, the idea of branding, telling a story. You know, the idea of, you know, obviously when he came back to Apple, he reduced, you know, all the product offerings they had and just focused on one or two. No one focused on limited limited selection, and he was very anal about just branding, you know. Uh, and luckily for me, you know, I think that I got inspired around that time where we started branding our bread. So we didn't have a logo on our bread. We have a logo on the bread, and it meant that even the black and white papers as well too, you know. And initially, we were the first ones using crinkle cut chips, you know, that shape for our fries. That anywhere you went to, any picture you saw online, you can tell this is barbecue cravings, you know. And we've done that, you know. We've done a bit of branding, and and I think it's um. People like that, when you read them, you understand how it's okay to be stubborn. It's okay to believe believe in something and try to try to like bring it to life, you know. Even if most folks are not going on that path, you, you gamble and you take it. But if you guess right, or if you if you've done if you have done enough research i i think you you can be successful at it you know um the location we're in the brand that we built um the, the menu offering how we serve food you know um the kind of employees we hire for front of house how we treat, talk to customers how we engage on social media you know um, all that is part of our brand and even when you initially when people walked into the restaurant we had a wall where people were signing the names on the wall so it was more like a you know back in college days so the entire wall was filled with just signs uh customer signatures customer drawing things like that 
obviously eventually we, we kind of had to move away from that but um for a long time we wanted to be that homely come as you are type spot you know um people bring their kids you know kids come by themselves parents come mothers come you know it's we've, we've never been that joint where you're gonna bring like we've been wholesome i think we've been wholesome you know um we don't do alcohol you know we can bring your own i have no issue with that so the certain things that we have we have done to build a brand we're like the neighborhood spot you know i don't think i don't think you're, you're gonna come to barbecue and creams because you want to see who's coming to eat there that's not why you come. you come because you enjoy the food you know and the places people go to because they want to socialize as they're eating no barbecue and creams is just for the food you know, and again, if you go back to the Blue Ocean strategy, like that's all we focused on. Our food is excellent. You know, our service is fast. So I got that from Steve Jobs. You know, not just him, other guys, other marketing guys as well too. You know, um, but um, definitely Steve Jobs. You know, the Apple brand, uh, they've been rebellious as well. You know, uh, which is also why we kind of tie into Fella a lot. Um, so that's that. And then the last one for now that I recommend it, this is marketing by Seth Gordon. I read his book a few times. Um, I follow his podcast and I also read, uh, he has a, a blog every day. He blogs every day, actually. So, um, he just dumps things down in a way that resonates very well with me. And I think that, you know, if you're big in mark, in fact, it, this all ties together because as an, eventually when you become an entrepreneur, forget the technician and managers, right? You have to worry about marketing and telling the story. And, and I think that's where entrepreneurship comes in. Like, what story are you telling? What services are you offering? What problems are you solving? And when you know the problem you're solving, when you know the problem that you're solving, then you're in a much better place and you focus on that. You know, in fact, I think these five books are probably the most important books you can ever read because if I see how I can map everything together right now, so the first one, thinking grow rich, is more of like just get your mind right, you know, take control, um, study more, learn more from the masters who come before you, and have voices in your head that tells you exactly how, you know, you want to run your business. And then you have the E myth, you know, differentiate yourself from the technician, from the manager to the entrepreneur, you know, and in those processes, make sure you implement, you remove things, you add things, you create things, you know, um, you focus on the most important things. And then when you've done all that, this is marketing, Steve Jobs and branding. You gotta be a, a good marketer of your brand. And there's almost, there's no easy way around this and it's a lot of trial and error. But like, if you have that strong conviction, like once you know like the roots, it's, it's, it's dug deep in, then you start saying, you start focusing on things. So part of the reason why we didn't do Jimmy Foods, we didn't do, um, we stopped the event. You know, yes, the operational issues tied to that, but I'm like, Steve Jobs don't do this. <laughs> you know, um, it sounds crazy, but like, why would, would Mercedes Benz won't, you know, be advertising in a magazine that you have Kia Motors in? Well, maybe they will, but I'm like, nah, I won't do that because if I stand by myself, I'm creating my own lane. Nobody can touch me. But if I level the playing field, then they can now compare me in Apple and Apple, you know. Um, and what also happens is once you stand alone and you do your own thing, you become the standard. 
you know, I, I'm almost sure that most places that have opened after barbecue cravings, they have said they want to be better than barbecue cravings and they would have focused on other areas to, to beat us at. So they can say food is okay, but you know what? I'm going to have better ambience. I'm going to have faster delivery service. I'm going to have a better location than they have. But they have studied us. You have to have studied us. You know, and I'm telling myself that, oh crap, I can't beat them at the game they're playing. So let me go deeper into my own lane and differentiate myself more from them. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, anyway, those are the five books. The other books, um, well, marketing is key. Branding is very key. Um, and then just self growth and self, um, yeah, self education, you know, and that's the, the think and grow which gave me that initially. And then from then, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot, you know, um, reading, watching YouTube, listening to audio, audio books. Um, but those are the five books that, that I definitely recommend. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you once again. Have a wonderful day until next time. Ciao. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com. Share the link with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. Join us again on Monday for a new podcast. Thank you.